Hello and welcome to another episode. So today's podcast is the second half of Neville Goddard's lecture titled By Water and by Blood, uh, which he gave in 1956. Uh, The first half of the podcast was recorded last week. If you haven't listened to that, I would highly recommend going and listening to the first half. But otherwise, let's get into the second half of the lecture. Neville continues to tell his audience, so here is the first miracle. I know what to do. I take this little world of mine that is stone and then I extract from it something that is not seen. Not quite as hard as that. I call it water. I see something bringing all this into being. I know how it's brought into being. That a man living in luxury is not to be judged harshly because he has it and you have in it. He is living in a state of consciousness that solidifies in the form that you see now and call luxurious. One in a state of health, one who is recognized, one who is accomplished, one who is contributing much to the world. Don't judge them. These are states made visible. Find out if you can get into a similar state. He is not occupying the only state in the world. There are infinite states, and if you try to even duplicate that state, it can be duplicated, or you can get close to it, or you can transcend it. Find out within your own mind's eye what you want. Don't be envious of him. Leave him alone, for he is applying the law. He is entitled to everything in this world that he can actually conceive and desire and put himself into and live it. For a man is living in an infinite world of invisible states. And an individual wisely or foolishly occupies the state. While he remains faithful to the state, the state will externalize and become the circumstances and the conditions of his life. The moment he detaches himself in consciousness from that state, the things that he enjoyed before vanish from his world. Now, if everything in my world depends upon a state of consciousness, it would be the height of insanity to seek the thing before I actually fix it within myself, the state on which the things depend. For that which requires a state of consciousness to produce its effect cannot be affected without such a state of consciousness. So when I know what I want to support that, there is an invisible state of consciousness. The world calls that invisible state a non-existing nothingness. They can even call it a thing, for to them it has no existence. No reality. That is the mystery. A self-begotten child conceived unaided by another and carried faithfully in the womb of God, which is the mind of man, It was placed there without the aid of another, by man's desire. That was the immaculate concept. That's the virgin conception. Now, the virgin birth, can I bring it from its invisible state and really make it a tangible fact within my world? Try it. As you try it with one thing and you succeed, you will try it with two and four and eight and so on. And eventually, the sleeping giant in man, which is the son of God, and man called Christ will awaken. He will awaken by moving from the passive state to the active state. The passive state is simply the complete, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> and utter surrender of man to appearances, 
to live believing that life is on the outside. And he moves from that state where he surrenders and believes all things to be causes to the active state where he puts everything in subjection to that something within himself, which is his awakened imagination. He imagines a thing to be so he persuades himself that it is so and walks faithful to his assumption. Then you will know why in the 14th of the letters to Romans, he tells us that every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Don't persuade her. Leave her alone. You persuade yourself of the changes you desire expressed in her. If you desire a change in your relationship at home or in business, you don't argue, you don't persuade them. For let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. So can I persuade myself that you are as I desire to see you? Then to the the degree that I can persuade myself, you will conform in the outer world to that persuasion. If I hope to see changes there before I my, I myself will start the change on the inside, the chances are the chances are I will hope in vain. You yourself may desire certain changes, and I might see them change in my world, but they were not caused because I moved into an active state. I am still reflective, and most of us in this world are reflecting life. And the purpose of a church of this nature is to make us not reflect, but to affect life. If I affect it, then Christ is awakened within me. Excuse me. If I only reflect it, then I sleep with Adam. And the purpose is to move from the sleep of Adam to the wakefulness of the Son of God called Christ. Adam, too, is called the Son of God, but in the state of profound sleep. But he moves from that state of sleep or the passive state of the mind to the active state and is then called Christ Jesus. But such cannot be born by the knowledge of what to do alone. It can only be born by such knowledge applied. So if I take even a little bit, if I never came here again and took what I have heard this morning, that little bit of knowledge, if applied, will be far more fruitful than much knowing or much knowledge, which I gather Sunday after Sunday, which is not applied. So if you have all the water in the world, by water I mean spiritual truths, you didn't ever apply them, then you will be no nearer the proving of it than you are now. But if you took a little bit, one drop of this water, and went out even to disprove it, but in order to disprove it, you must seriously and sincerely try. If you try it, you won't disprove it. You will be encouraged to drink more water and still more and bring about this birth of your Savior, and you decide what will save you today from your present predicament. It may be a job. It may be an increase of funds. It may be companionship. It may be something, I don't know, but whatever it is that you this day desire, unless you get it, you feel thwarted, you feel frustrated, then it will save you if you got it. Now take that as your savior, look into your mind's eye and see it clearly. It may seem almost sacrilegious to the orthodox mind to tell you that when you see clearly in your mind's eye, the state desired either for self or another, you are actually looking into the face of Jesus, for you are seeing the state that could save you from where you are or what you are. So you try it. 
and the mind will expand. You will find yourself not only increasing in this world, in the outer world, but you will find mystical revelations taking place within you, which is the purpose of the teaching. It is not just to bring about changes in the outer world that are desirable, but to bring about changes in the inner that ascends man on higher levels of consciousness. For the purpose of the whole appearance of man is to awaken from the lowest descent on the ladder to the highest, his ascending to the highest. For we are told in the vision of Jacob, above it all stood God. On the ladder stood these heavenly beings ascending and descending, but above all stood God. So the real destiny of man is to reach the height that he may awaken as God. So the mystery is God became man that man may become God. So he came down as man. Take the same verse and give it a higher interpretation. So here God died, yes, to become man. The death of God is complete forgetfulness of the fact that he is God. He had to completely forget that he is God and therefore die to awaken as man. If he remembered he was God, he just couldn't be man, but a complete and utter death which is complete forgetfulness that I am God to become man. So the poet wrote it beautifully and said, God became man that man may become God. Then he asked, unless I die, you could not live. But if I die, I shall arise again in you with me. Then he goes on to ask man, could you love one who had never died for thee? Or could you die for one who had not died for thee? And so he is putting this into the most wonderful poetical mystery in the book of Jerusalem by Blake. So he reveals to the mind who can see it that you who are um, or who believe yourself because you are visible and you must do what man passively must do. He traces your origin back to a germ. As long as you began as a germ. You are no more than a big germ. If you begin as something else, you are only something enlarged of the same thing, for all ends run true to origins. If I can take you back where you cannot see it and take you back to the great mystery that you are actually begotten of God, if your origin is God, your end is God. If your origin is a bug, then your end is a bug. So you have the choice, passive mind, which is really the scientific mind, must still insist on finding causes external to itself. It cannot find causes in that passive state within itself. I tell you the great mystery is that you came out of a seeming death. It is a death. God died to become man because he desired the companionship of men as gods. As the poet told us, man should not stay a man. His aim should higher be. For God will only God's accept as company. So you cannot in your present state of the passive mind be companions of your father who longs and desires that every son, every child awakens to become companions of deity. So to do it, he had to die as God and become his creation in the hope that the creation would awaken and become his companion. But you see, he gave us such a gift He completely freed me of the responsibility of returning. I don't have to awaken. I'm as free as the wind. He gave me complete freedom of will. I may hurt myself, ruin myself, but because of the gift God 
the gift of God to me to make me alive, he cannot interfere and cause me to awaken. He may appeal through awakened children, and they may appeal to their sleeping brother, but they cannot, by the same law, interfere with the will of the sleeping brother. No matter who awakes, they cannot interfere and make me awake. They can only appeal and try in some subtle way to suggest, but the gift was absolute. God gave himself to become me, and finding myself man, I think my origin was man, so my destiny, no matter how big a man I become, no matter how wise a man, it will still be a man. But if my origin is God, my destiny is God, and I will awaken one day discover this wonderful unfolding mystery within myself. And now my time is up.